Bible, please open with me this morning to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 this morning. Here's a great, great question as we close 2021. And I want you to be honest with yourself because God already knows the answer. But the question is this, am I closer to God right now than I was last year? Am I closer to God today than I was a year ago? Will you be closer to God one year from now than you are today? Would you please stand with me as I read an account of a young man who had a decision to make, to get closer to God or not? Mark chapter, chapter 10, Mark 10 will begin the story in verse 17. And he, when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Uh, may we ask God's blessings upon our reading of his word. Father, we come to you now, and we thank you that we have the true record of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us what he did for others. And now I pray that we would understand how important it is for us to recognize that he is God in human flesh and that he came to save and rescue us from our sins. Help us to make the decision to come close to you, to follow you in every area of our life. If there be one and they're just not sure how to become a Christian, how to be born again into your family, open their spiritual eyes, bring them to yourself in this hour, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Uh, Jacob DeShazer was not close to God as a young man. In fact, if pressed on it, he would say that he was an atheist. Some hard things happened in his life that help him to get close to God. You see, 70 years ago this month, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, killing a couple thousand of our soldiers. When DeShazer heard the news, he shook his fist at the radio and he cursed the Japanese. They'll pay for this, he shouted. It wasn't long before Jacob was training for a top secret mission to bomb Tokyo, Japan. They were called the Doolittle Raiders. 
And the Doolittle Raiders, they bombed Tokyo and some other cities. Then they crash-landed in China as they did not have enough fuel to be able to return to safety. Eight Americans were captured. Three were executed by firing squad. Jacob spent 34 months in solitary confinement. The only contact he had was with the guard who horribly tortured him. Near the end of the war, the guard had a change of heart. And he found an English Bible, and he brought it into the prison, and he let each prisoner keep it for three weeks. Each American prisoner could read it for 21 days, and then it was taken away. During those three weeks, Jacob read through the Bible six times. He read the Gospel of John over and over. He realized two things while reading Romans chapter 10. He said, number one, God offers me complete forgiveness. And number two, God expects my complete obedience. On June 8, 1944, in a dirty prison cell, Jacob DeShazer got down on his knees and he accepted Jesus Christ into his heart and he gave complete obedience to Christ. You know, he knew he, knew he needed to tell other people, but who? Who could he tell? There's only one person he had contact with being in solitary confinement and he didn't speak his language. His belligerent attitude toward the guard that treated him so bad, it changed. And he began to slowly show him kindness. He learned how to say thank you in Japanese for the meager soup that he received once a day. The guard saw a change, a wonderful change in this prisoner after reading that little book. Well, the war ended, Jacob went to a hospital, he recovered, he went to Bible college, he met his wife, and they returned as missionaries to Japan. What a cool story. Jacob DeShazer wrote a gospel track called, I Was a Prisoner of Japan. He went all over Japan preaching Christ to thousands of Japanese. One day a Japanese man approached him and he bowed respectfully. He had a copy of his tract in his hand and he said he had put his faith into Shazer's uh, Savior. It was Jacob DeShazer's former prison guard. At one meeting, a Japanese man came to him and said he had read the story and trusted Christ and he believed God had called him to do what DeShazer was doing and that is sharing the gospel. He introduced himself as Mitsuo Fuchida. Mitsuo Fuchida, the lead pilot of the attack on Pearl Harbor. He is responsible for coordinating the entire aerial attack. Oh, how he hated his enemy, the Americans. Well, Jacob and Mitsuo became good friends. And throughout the 1950s, Jacob and Matsuo preached the gospel all over Asia. Uh, you can read all about it. You can Google it. It's an incredible story. Get more details. Just wait for the sermon to be over, okay? Jacob and Matsuo, great friends. Matsuo, Matsuo Fuchida wrote his own story of how he came to God. It's called From Pearl Harbor to Calvary. After escaping 
close calls with death several times, and reading DeShazer's track, he came to Christ. You know, there's a message here for our country. There's a real important message here for our country, our government leaders, our kids, our public schools. Everyone needs it, and that's how to defeat racism in 2022. How did Jacob and Mitsuo, who hated each other, hated each other's countries, how did they defeat hate? How did Jacob DeShazer go from victim to victor? Uh, how did he go from atheist to Christian miss missionary? How did he go from hate to love? Well, that's number one in your notes. If you want to get close to God, turn to Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Turn to Jesus Christ and the Word of God. God's forgiveness changes your spiritual DNA. It changes who you are on the inside. Jacob's abuse as a prisoner of war did not define who he was. He was mistreated by an enemy that tortured him, that kept him in solitary confinement for 34 months. Can you imagine? Almost three years. Through most of his imprisonment, he was a miserable man. He was a, a bitter man. He was an angry man. But then God showed up in his cell. How? Through a powerful book called the Bible. And so for three weeks, every waking hour, every waking moment, he read and reread the living Word of God. And he discovered that God's love conquers hate. Once Jacob had sailed from San Francisco Bay with bombs, now he is sailing from the same bay with a Bible. Once he had hatred in his heart, now he has a prayer on his lips to bring salvation to the people he hated. Hey, if you want to get close to God, read the Word of God every day. Read the Word of God every day. And as you read it, Pray a simple prayer from Psalm 119.18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. The Bible says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if you want to get close to God in 2022, you're going to need to get close to this book, the Bible. You can't be close to God and not be close to the Bible. Uh, do you know that the word success is found one time in the Bible? Do you know what reference that is? What is it? Joshua 1.8. If you know it, would you say it with me today? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good what? Success. Say it again. Good what? Good success. And so if you want to be successful, it's tied to the daily reading and meditating upon the word of God. Job 23, 12, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Jesus in Matthew 4, 4, he said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? They shall be, they shall be filled. So if you want to get close to God, you've got to be close to this Bible. But if you, if you in 2022 do not want to read your Bible, you've just taken a step away from God. You say, oh, but I'm a young mom. I don't have time. Oh, you, you need the Word of God. You say, oh, but I'm a retired and I watch the news all the time. Okay, turn off the news, open up your Bible. 
You need to be reading the Word of God, believing and meditating. And if you, if you don't do that daily, you've taken a step away from God. And if you, if you don't come to church to hear the Word of God preach, you've taken another step away from God. And I'm thankful for a church family that hungers for the Word of God. But if you, if you don't come to God's house to hear God's, God's Word preach, you've taken a step from God. And then if you don't have a, a time where you're in a Bible study, an ABF, uh, one of our small group Bible studies, then you've taken a step away from God. If you don't have Christian music in your life, you've taken another step away from God. If you don't have Christian fellowship in your life, you've taken another step away from God. You're not close to God. He said, ah, but I'm worshiping from uh, uh, the Lord online from home. And that's great. If you have a medical condition, stay there, be safe. But if you're just, if you're just you know, jammies and coffee and, and watching uh, the pastor online, that's not Christian fellowship. What goes on before and after the services, the face-to-face, you need to be in God's house. And so these are things that keep you close to God and Christian fellowship, Christian friends. So in 2022, if you want to be close to God, then you need to have some Christian friendships. Not gossip, friendships. You need to be listening to Christian music. You need to be in God's house hearing the Word of God. You need to be able to have a a time of Bible study. Uh, You need to be reading the Word of God. If you want to be close to God, you got to be close to the Word of God. Don't fool yourself. You're not close to God if you're not close to His book. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Jacob DeShazer said, The bitterness of my heart against my captors seemed more than I could bear. That was without the Lord. Most of the people I have met that have suffered abuse have never come close to what Jacob DeShazer experienced. Yet many have chosen the same path that Jacob was on. Uh, I mean, they have bitterness, they have anger, they're upset, they have hate, resentment, they desire vengeance. So how did he go from vengeance to forgiveness? Instead of running away from God, he ran to God. Instead of getting mad at God, he turned to the Lord who healed all the wounds of his heart and soul. The Word of God taught him how to forgive, and the Word of God will teach you how to forgive as well. Now, some here today can identify with Jacob DeShazer's hurt. Oh, your hurt is nothing like being tortured in a Japanese prisoner of war camp, Uh, but nonetheless, you have suffered. You've suffered wrong at the hands or words of others, and it does hurt. And I invite you on this last Sunday of the year to come to God and not turn away from him. Come to him and find complete healing. Don't carry your hurt into 2022. Let it go. If you want to get close to God, forgive others. Release all bitterness and resentment. Jacob did, Mitsuo did, and so can you. Now, the Lord may or may not allow something difficult to come into your life to guide you to himself. He invites you to come to him, but he will not invade. Maybe this morning you, you, you can't identify with Jacob DeShazer, but you could identify with the guy here and the young man in Mark chapter 10. Perhaps you've grown up in a loving home. Perhaps you've grown up in a home, not perfect, but a good home. Your physical needs have been met. You've never missed a meal unless you were too busy 
doing something fun. And the refrigerator's never been empty, except for that time the electricity went out and everything got spoiled, you know. And then you went out to the grocery store and had a shopping spree and you filled up the freezer and refrigerator once again. And like this guy, maybe you're kind and you're generous and you're honest and you're a good friend. And, but like this guy, something's missing in your heart. He didn't feel close to God. What does he do? He comes to Jesus. And that's where our story begins in verse 17. When he was gone forth in the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He apparently has been an honest and successful businessman. And yet, despite all of his wealth, this man is not fulfilled. He had a great big gaping hole in his heart and life a hole like so many people today, and he's trying to find satisfaction and contentment in the world. And like today, people try drugs. They try alcohol. They try worldly music. They try making more money. They try an immoral relationship. They try entertainment. They try something to distract them from this lack of peace in their heart this guilty conscience. This man knew there was more to life than what can be seen. This man had a hunger and thirst for something that all of his wealth and riches had failed to give him. So he comes. He comes to the right person. He comes to Jesus with hope to find that missing something in his heart. And I mean, he didn't just casually kind of stroll up. Yeah, I heard some stories about Jesus. No, no, no. He heard that he is the miracle worker. He heard that he is a teacher of truth, and he runs to Jesus. And when he gets there, he bows on his knees in front of Jesus, the one who has the answers. You can almost imagine the feeling of joy that came over this young man as he knelt before the one who could tell him the troubles of his soul. He knew that Jesus had the answer uh, to this ache in his heart. And so he asked the question that hoped would put him on the right path. What shall I do? There's the problem. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? You see, he thought heaven could be earned by doing good works. He thought it was up to him to earn the ticket to heaven. Notice he calls him good master. Jesus, in turn, asks him a question. Why do you call me good? There's only one good, and that is God. Interesting response from our Savior. He wants to know if this man is prepared to acknowledge Jesus as God. And Jesus says, you know the commandments, right? And so by asking questions, Jesus exposes what's in the young man's heart. He gave a simple answer, obey the commandments. But notice he said, especially those that deal with others, your family, your friends, your employees, your neighbor. And by asking questions, Jesus showed what was in his heart, but he answers with great pride, Jesus, oh, since I was a boy, I've obeyed all the commandments. He probably thought the gate of heaven is beginning to swing open. Jesus is going to pin a medal of honor on his chest, pat him on the back, and say, well done. Jesus did not pat him on the back. Jesus did not say, well done. What did he say? Notice in verse 21, I love how Mark records it. 
Jesus beholding him. Jesus looked into his eyes, into his soul. Jesus beholding him, loved him. He loved this lost young man, even though he's either lying or in self-denial. Jesus goes for the spiritual juggler and says, sell all you have, give it to the poor and follow me. Now, Jesus is not making poverty or philanthropy a requirement for salvation. Why did he say this? He's exposing the young man's heart. He loved his stuff. He is rich. He is young. Uh, he is a ruler. He has lots of stuff. He now comes face to face with the biggest choice of his life. Is he going to choose the things of this world or choose neighbors? Is he going to choose the things of this world or is he going to choose Christ? Well, he loved his stuff more than Christ. What does he do? Verse 22. He was sad at that saying. He went away grieved, for he had great possessions. He chose the things of the world over Christ. He came to Christ with such hope and such anticipation. He really wanted to know God, and I think he probably would have given away half of his stuff if Jesus would have said, well, just take half of what you own and give it away and give it to the poor. I think he might have done it. But Jesus said, sell everything. That would require complete and total surrender to God's will. Number four, if you want to get close to God, surrender your will to God's will. I still remember that moment that happened to me. When we talk about surrender, we talk about a, a complete and total surrender. God, I'll I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to be. I, this, this, this moment of surrender. But when we talk surrender, we also have to talk about the daily surrender. Because even though you make a, a full surrender of your life, there's this daily surrender, this daily sacrifice. And we all go through this, and it's a daily decision. And sometimes it's hour by hour, and sometimes it's moment by moment. And, and we all struggle with that. I struggle with that. That's why... I need to be in God's word. I need to be in God's house. And I need to be with you as iron sharpens iron. But I remember that moment. It was a New Year's Eve service. I was a new Christian. I came down to the altar with many others. And I said, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be a good Christian pilot as I join the Air Force. But a year later, I wrestled with the promptings of God's spirit to go into full-time ministry I could never do what my pastor did. He was speaking 10 times a week, and five of them were on the radio every week. Every public speaking experience I had ever had in high school was terrifying. My heart would beat out of my chest. My mouth would, uh, tongue would go dry. I certainly, I was certain I could do anything in God's work but be the guy preaching. And so this January of my senior year of high school, I was upstairs, I was home alone, praying, went to the living room, got on my knees, and I truly surrendered to God. God, I will do whatever you want me to do. A great sense of peace came over my soul. I knew that my future was in God's hand to direct however he choose, whether it be in this country, whether it be in the mission field, to do whatever he wanted to do with my life. I truly surrendered. Four years of Bible college, 40 years in full-time ministry. I have never regretted 
that decision to surrender. Never. Struggling with the daily decisions of surrender all the time. Some of you here this morning might be in the very same shoes as, as this young ruler. He regretted his decision of rejecting Christ. I think he regretted for the rest of his life. I think he has regretted for all of eternity. And even today from hell, he regrets. Maybe you're like that young ruler. Life is, for the most part, pretty good. You're fairly comfortable. You are somewhat of a truth seeker in your heart. And you know in your, your heart that there's something more to this life than the here and the now, what you can see. You know you need to prepare for eternity. You know you need to be a fully dedicated follower of Jesus Christ. You just haven't taken that step yet. I hope that you will make a different decision than this young man. He thought of Jesus as a teacher, as a rabbi, but he is so much more. He is the Son of God. He is God come to earth, and he is coming again. Like many today, this young man had two deep problems that Jesus brought to light. First of all, he was unaware of his spiritual condition. He's just living his life, and he thinks everything's pretty good. You can sense that in spite of his spiritual question. He already viewed himself as a likely candidate for heaven. Outwardly, he is moral. Outwardly, he is upright. He says so in verse 20. But in verse 21, we see Jesus loved him enough to confront him with his true need. Jesus said, there is one thing you lack. You need to go sell what you have, give it to the poor, take up your cross, follow me. You will have treasure in heaven. You know, this is the only person Jesus said, sell everything and give it to the poor. Why? Because Jesus could see in his heart, and he knew that if he was going to follow Christ, he needed to be willing to give up his stuff. Did Jesus ask anyone else to do this? No. But he does ask us to be willing to surrender that little idol that is in our heart. What's your little idol in your heart? It could be some little pleasure. It could be an attitude. It could be a habit. It could be something good. Maybe it's a family member, job, sports, money. God is not against it, but he is against being number two to your favorite idol. The Apostle John, writing to Christians, not to pagans, to Christians, little children, Christians, keep yourselves from what? Idols. Christians have problems with idols. Keep yourselves from idols. Jesus saw the idolatry in his heart. After encountering Jesus, he sees that he is actually an idolater. There is something between him and God. His love of wealth now, money isn't the problem. It was the love of money. So Jesus took the 10th commandment, thou shalt not what? Thou shalt not covet, and he translated it into a test of priorities. Who will be your number one priority? Jesus required one thing, full surrender to God. 
Jesus then tells him, and us, follow me. The young man had good works on the outside, but no real devotion on the inside. He kept the letter of the law, but the law had not yet reached his heart. The test of loyalty to Christ is different for different people. And if you or I had encountered Jesus on the road that day, he probably would ask us a different question, but the test would be the same. Will you choose Christ over anything else in your life? Will you choose Christ? Idolatry still exists today. We can make idols of our jobs, uh, as I said, family members, cars, clothes, sports, hobbies, pleasures, you name it. If you make anything number one in your life ahead of God, it's an idol. Now, he did not promise heaven if he sold everything. He promised treasure in heaven if he sold all. But he was sad and he walked away. The question is about full surrender, and we're asked the same thing, Luke 9, 23 and 24. The question is, are you willing to sacrifice all to follow me? Everything we have belongs to God. As followers of Christ, we should be willing to sacrifice what we are for what we could become in Christ. You know, as I look at the fourth quarter of my life, there is no path that could have been more fulfilling than the one that I am on right now. Serving God, serving you, pointing others to Christ. And if you don't have that kind of contentment, that kind of joy in your heart today, it's not too late to get close to God. 2021 is almost done. 2022 is a new year. The slate is clean. You can determine today, I will faithfully read God's word every day. I will faithfully worship the Lord Jesus, celebrating his resurrection every Sunday in church. I will talk to God in prayer. I will accept things out of my control in 2022. I will, I will turn from sin and choose to please Jesus Christ in my daily decisions. Hey, are you convinced that you are a sinner in need of a Savior? Are you convinced of that? If you felt God tugging at your heart during this service, it's time to surrender. It's time to surrender. Jacob DeShazer said, you can be forgiven of all of your sins. Jacob DeShazer said, God does expect my complete obedience. And Jacob and Mitsuo have now left us an example to bury hate and to share love. Are you ready to bow your head and heart to Christ? Are you ready to follow him? May we pray. Lord, we are grateful to open up the word of God and to hear the teachings of our Savior and what they mean to us of how we can get close to God. And it is our desire. We're in your house on your day on this last Sunday of the year. We desire to be close to you. And Father, I pray that if we have not grown closer to you in 2021, that we will determine today that we will draw closer to you in 2022, starting now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You'd say, Pastor, if I 
If I died today, I know I would go to heaven. Spiritually, I am close to God in salvation. There was a time in my life that I made a commitment to become a true and genuine follower of Jesus Christ. I know that I'm born again. I have a Bible reason for it. If you're not ashamed, if you're not ashamed to call Christ as your Savior, would you simply raise your hand all over this worship center today? God bless you. You may put your hands down. Say, Pastor, I, I, I think I'm saved. I hope I'm saved. But like this young man, I know in my heart I'm not close to God. I don't know what will happen to me when I die. And I'm done fooling around. I'm done playing church. I want to be serious about my relationship with Christ. Now, it's going to take humility, the humility of a child, for you to ask God to forgive your sins. But I promise you, I promise you, you will not regret making the decision to follow Christ to be born again into his family. So how do I do that? Call upon the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. If you'd like to do that today, I'll lead you in that salvation prayer. My prayer won't save you. It's your commitment, your belief, your trust from your heart that will bring you into God's family. Would you simply raise your hand? I want to be saved today. I want to receive Christ as my Savior today. Would you simply lift up your hand, hold it up high for a moment. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else, hold it up high for a moment. We have time for you to respond to the Spirit of God prompting your heart to receive Christ. Anyone else? Anyone else? Now would you pray with me right there from your seat? You can pray silently from your heart. God will hear the prayer of your heart, but it must be sincere. It must be earnest. Pray with me now. Dear Lord, I know that I am a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again. Please come into my heart and become my Lord and Savior. I choose to follow Jesus Christ. Now, if you just pray with me, may I say, welcome to the family of God. May God give you his great peace and assurance. Christian, may I ask you, are you closer to God than last year? Will you be closer to God one year from now than you are now? You can be if you make a commitment to read the word of God pray to the Lord to worship a church to follow in faith and obedience be under the teaching and preaching of God's word Christian fellowship, Christian music surrendering just as I am without one thing but that last Sunday of the year Perfect Sunday to surrender. Perfect Sunday to seek forgiveness. Perfect Sunday to ask God for his strength and power to walk in his ways and have that 
good success that's tied to the Word of God. Our Father, we are thankful for the blessings you've given to us of life and health and family, church family, the joys of knowing Christ as our Savior. We thank you for this wonderful Christmas season. I praise you for your power that has been shown in us and around us. I pray now for our church family to be strong, even to carry the burden of these as they walk through the deep valley of the shadow of death. May they feel your presence. May we be uh, your loving arms uh, to care for them and encourage them and pray for them in this season of their trial. Lord, help us to finish 2021 strong and begin 2022 stronger spiritually for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.